Hello, and thank you for connecting with us here at Oasis Online. If this ministry is an encouragement to you, I would love to hear from you. Would you send me an email at pastor at obclv.org? I hope you enjoy the service today and that God would speak directly to your heart. Thank you again for being here, and I hope you enjoyed the time of worship. It was, uh, I think it's timely, and it was a... uh, great set of songs that were chosen this morning. Thank you. Again, thank you for being here. It has been a couple weeks since I've spoken, and in all reality, uh, I almost feel like I pray that uh, you will be encouraged through the Word of God this morning. The song said, I almost feel like I need to change my sermon, (laughs) but uh, we're going to go with what God has laid on my heart this week. I believe that we live in such an incredible day and age in 2016. Let me preface this before I get into this so that you, uh, we get to where we're wanting to be. The start of this introduction is probably going to come across kind of like it's going to be a downer type of a morning and let me tell you it's not but I want to I want to preface the sermon and preface the passage of scripture where we're going to go with a few things to get our minds going in a direction uh, that I believe that is is helpful and hopefully and will end up being an encouragement because initially I I was going through it again this morning and I'm like wow after reading this you're going to think I have like this horrible view on where we're going and we're all just might as well go get in a cave and live until we go and that's really not the intention that's not where I'm going this morning and so but bear with me as we get into this this uh the sermon this morning but I believe with all my heart that we live in an incredible time in 2016 the climate of our society is is something else the rate at which things I believe have changed has gone so fast. I look back, I'm not a, some of you may, uh, when I'm speaking, you, you may have to, to, to change your theme, frame of thought just a little bit, but I go back to when I was in high school, and I think back to the days when I was in high school, which really, uh, young people in here, really it's not that long ago. And uh, those of you that are a little bit older than I am, you'll look back and you'll go, really, it wasn't all that long ago, though those years go by so fast. Every kid goes, man, I can't wait till I'm out of school. I can't wait till I'm out of school. And then they get out of school and they're like, oh, I wish I was back in high school again. And no matter what we tell them, they're always going to say that. But I, I look at this and I think, man, when I was in high school, our teachers, for the most part, were teaching and encouraging in principles, were teaching in morals, were teaching in some of those things. And really, as much as they could, even in the mid to late 90s, they were helping in some regards at, from, from the school, they were helping our, our homes. And I know that's not the job of a teacher. The job is to teach and so on and so forth. And whether you like public education, you don't like public education. I went to public school. The teachers still, at that time, in the mid to late 90s where I lived, were still somewhat teaching some principles and and morals and values into me at that day and age. It seemed that it wasn't that long ago that our children were taught to work hard, to have a respect for an adult, to honor soldiers, to honor an officer. 
and to live with a respect about them and their families. Our boys dreamed of being policemen and firefighters and soldiers. Our young girls could not wait to, to the day that they got married and till they had children and had those homes. And those were things. And those still happen today. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, believe me, this isn't a Debbie Downer. Let's follow with me. We taught them to work hard, to make an honest living. And it seems in such a very short period of time, so many things have drastically changed. As we get into God's word this morning, and as we get into this passage, we're going to look at so many things that I believe today, this passage, if not, I've said this a number of times throughout Timothy, I know this, this passage speaks so right to the heart, to a believer of where we are in our day and age. I believe with all of my heart, having studied this, you, whether you're retired, whether you're in the workforce, regardless of where you stand today, if you are a believer in Christ, this passage, I believe, speaks right to the heart of each and every one of us in how we live every single day. I believe we live in dangerous times, but it's not because of what we may think of because of the politics and because of all of these things. We live in dangerous times in large part because what I just said has affected and infected our churches. See, it used to be a time where morals weren't taught outside of the church. Today, morals aren't always taught inside of the church because it might step on somebody's toes and it might offend somebody. I apologize if I offend you, but if I offend you by preaching the word of God, then so be it. See, we live in a day and age, and I'm not, this isn't about me, but this is, we live in such a day and age where even in the church, those things are not being taught anymore. Even in the church, believers are screaming out about how horrible the policemen are and how horrible our officers, our soldiers are for killing people in Iraq and how horrible these things are. Our officers can't even wear a uniform in the United States of America anymore. We should be ashamed of that. Our police officers should not be afraid to go to work to do the job that they've been called to do. And it doesn't just happen outside of the walls of the church. It is happening inside of the walls of our church in today and age. See, what we're getting at this morning, I believe more than ever, we live on such raw emotion and no longer on principle and moral and value. Every decision that we make is based on an emotion almost anymore. He said something and it hurt my feelings. This political correctness garbage, it hurts my feelings. I'm not promoting Trump, but Trump says a lot of things that are just out there and I get it. But do you know more of why it really bothers us? Because we're so politically correct and we can't handle somebody saying something that we don't like. I'm not a Trump supporter, so don't, we're not going down that road. Definitely not the other side either. But here's where we stand. That'll be the end of politics. Here's where we stand. We need to stop and reset ourselves in our churches, in our homes, and take a look at some things. See, the passage of Scripture in 1 Timothy chapter number 6, where we're continuing in, really deals with I believe the heart of every single thing that I've spoken on just so, uh, thus far within this, the, the introduction. 
It says, let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of honor, that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. And we're looking at these two passages of scripture and, and that the really, really, really deep core of it, it's talking about the work. Well, this, I'm probably getting ahead of myself. It's talking about the slave owner ownership or the slave to the master relationship. So the slave is the worker, the master being the boss. But it's also in the, the, the big, big, broad spectrum of it. It's talking to that of authority in our lives. See, the reality is, if you go to work here today, 70% of Americans don't like what they do. That's a lot of people that go to work hating what they do. Of that 70%, 90% of them, let me look at this, 90%, they don't want to get up and go to work on a regular basis. Now, I get most, not many people in here are like, yeah, I cannot wait to go to work tomorrow. I understand that. Some of you enjoy your career, and you're like, yeah, there's days I just don't want to get up. I'm not talking about that. But on the whole, 70% don't like their job. 90% of that 70 doesn't want to get up to go to work. Hey, guess what? A lot of those people are sitting right here. I happen to really enjoy my job. There's portions of my job I don't really care for, but I happen to enjoy my job. I like going to the office. I love dealing with people. But most people don't really care for that. Do you you realize in America... And you may have heard this, and it's probably maybe a bad pastor joke, but we know the old song from when we were kids, hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work, we go, na 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 you know, this Disney? Have you seen the bumper sticker that says, I-O, I-O, so off to work, I go? Do you realize that's where most of us sit here? And most of what we owe on is not even necessary to survive and to live. But because we live in America, we have to consume and we have to keep up with the next person. So therefore, we have to work a little bit longer. And our retirement goes a little bit longer and a little bit longer and a little bit longer because we have to. We've accustomed ourselves to having to have the nicest car, the nicest house, the nicest stuff. We've accustomed ourselves. When I tell people I went on a camp, I went on vacation and I went camping in a tent with four kids, people are like, oh, there's no vacation in that. Do you realize most of you grew up going on vacation in some form of a tent if you went on vacation? How many of you piled in the back of a big old boat station wagon? Amen? And if it was a little bit before that, I don't know what you drove, but that's what I was in. Horse and buggy. I don't know. (laughs) But hey, here's where we're at. In Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, and I think I have that on the screen. But in Genesis chapter 2, it says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. That was before the fall. So before the fall of man, God created and designed in us the desire to work. Now, after the fall of man, work became more painful. Work became less of a desire and more of a have to because of sin. But as we keep going through this and and we look at all of this, if God created in us the desire to work, There's something in each of you, specifically the men, 
there's something in you that looks at productivity and looks at work as a desire to fulfill something within you because that's how God created us to be. I was, we were working on the building yesterday and Mike was there, wherever Mike is. Uh, Mike made a statement and we said something about how long he was staying or whatever. And he goes, well, typically I stay until the job is finished. And he looked at the building and he goes, but today that might be, we may not do that. There's a lot of grid that wasn't pulled that we wanted to get pulled. You know, it's in us to desire to complete a task and to do it to the best of our ability. God created us that way. As we go through this, we're looking at a number of different things within this passage. And we're looking at a number of different things within uh, our context today. But here is the question. If we take what they were looking at in 1 Timothy chapter number 6, and it was a slave and how he worked underneath of a master. Do we do understand, now? and I'll get through some of the slave-master stuff in just a minute, but we do understand basically that's a boss and employee relationship. That's an authority and somebody underneath of that authority relationship. Paul was referencing and Paul was dealing with Christians of which many of the churches in that day were slaves and masters, because that was the bulk of the workforce. Paul was dealing with a group of people, and Paul basically said, listen, I really don't care how they treat you. You are responsible to what it says in verse 1, is to honor them. You're like, wow, that really stinks. Because my boss is a jerk. Hey, you know what? It is our job, and we'll get into this. It is our duty. It is our job. It is our call. It is all of the things that I mentioned at the very beginning. To instill and to be as a believer that we would uphold all of those things. That we would be honorable to the authority that's above us. That we would praise an officer that we would maybe you don't salute assault a soldier but you would tell them thank you and you would respect their position that we would respect the teachers that teach our children that we would do all of these things that is our duty as a believer and paul said it does not matter what they are like as an unbeliever and so this morning i completely obliterated all of my notes already But Paul has written many, many times in his writings about how we are to be towards authority. In Romans chapter 13, and you don't have to go there, but in Romans 13, in the first seven verses, he says, in a nutshell, Obey the law, honor those in authority, and pray for them. In Ephesians 5 and 6, he says to wives, Wives, submit to your husbands. But then he says, Husbands, love your wife as Christ loves the church. He tells the children, Children, you need to. You better obey your parents. But he looks back at the parents and he says, Parents, do not provoke them to wrath. In Hebrews 13 and in 1 Timothy 5, we dealt with this just a couple weeks ago, he says that the church should be mindful of elders and acknowledge their rule. There are so many things that Paul has written about in the authority and how we are to respond in every area of our lives, regardless of what it is. And so this morning, we're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter number 6. We're going to read first uh, the verse, 
verse 1 and verse number 2. And then we will get into the passage this morning. Let's read. Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and His doctrine be not blasphemed. And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved partakers of the benefit. And beloved partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. Father God, I ask you that you would just meet with us this morning. Thank you so much for the time of worship that we've had thus far. God, I pray that this passage would speak to our hearts. I believe with all of my heart, God, that this is so real to the day in which we live for each and every person that sits in this room this morning as a believer. God, I pray that we would take it, we would allow it to pierce into us, that it would become who we are. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. This morning I have two very simple points as we have two verses. The first is this. It's a conscientious focus. A conscientious focus. The title of the sermon is A Conscientious Christian. And so the thought there that we are conscious of where we are and what we're doing and what our call is and all of these different things. But as we look at this passage, we are looking at, uh, really, it's something that's, that's pretty simple. But as we speak, I'm going to mention this just in the introduction here of this point is, as we speak of slave and master, in 2016, if I were to just have a normal conversation with anybody in this room and I were to ask you, so what do you think a slave was? Most of you would go back to kind of our civil, uh, you know, 100 years ago or so to our, uh, what is it? the pre-Civil War era and all of those different times where slavery um, was in America. That's where most Americans, if I were to speak it to you without this context, or I were to go outside of these walls, I would say, hey, so what does this mean to you? That's probably what would be brought up. And to some regard, that's what slavery was back in the biblical days, but at the same time, it really wasn't. It was a there was a culture, there was, a, there was an ownership, there was different things. Some of them were slaves because they chose to be slaves. The owner took great care of them. They provided a place to stay, they provided food, they provided education for their children. They did so many different things and they chose on their own. When their time was up that they could have left and walked away, they chose to stay. We look at this day and age and basically you were a master, you were a slave, or you were a day laborer. And the worst of all of those, for the most part, was a day, being a day laborer. You were more taken care of as a slave than you were just some guy that was coming in. As a matter of fact, the slaves were the, the management, so to speak, to those day laborers. So when you were out into the field and they were doing their work or whatever that was that they were a slave and whatever that family was, most of those slaves, the domestic slaves, were the managers over those laborers. Some of those slaves would be cooks. Some of them were teachers. They were artisans. They were basically a part of that family. And they were taken care of. Now, that's not every single one of them. Obviously, you have not much different than today and for you and I, um, but 
you you go to work and some of your bosses are absolutely amazing and you would you would die for your boss. You would, man, this guy is awesome. He treats me great. He gives me this or she gives me this and and she is just incredible. Then there's others of you here that would say, "You know what? If I never saw that man or that woman again, I would be okay." They had the the same there was rules, there was structures, there was, there was civil rights that those slaves were, were able to have. And, and there was so many different things. But as we look at this, and Paul was speaking to, to, the, to the people here, and they recognized the terms and the terminology or the language of what slavery or servant was and what master was. We are completely foreign to that. There's nobody in this room that was like, oh yeah, I remember back in the day when. Nobody in this room remembers that. Because we've not. That was beyond the time and day and age in which we live. And so as we go to this, sometimes for us, we look at that and we go, well, that's weird. Even this, the, the idea or the thought that you and I are slave of Christ, a servant of Christ, is sometimes foreign in our minds. I can't comprehend because I don't fully understand what the context is because I didn't live that way. It wasn't our culture. It's not my culture. And so as we go through this this morning, we look at this. We've been brought up in a culture that's different than that. But as we go into this passage of Scripture, regardless of how we feel or how they felt, or regardless today of how we feel towards that boss, towards that manager, towards our authority, Paul now says for the third time, that we should honor somebody. He said it first to honor widows. He then said it to honor the elders. Now he's saying it to honor our authorities or our boss. Paul was saying to the slave who had a harsh master, count them worthy of honor. Really, when we stop and you think about that, if I were to look at somebody... I've heard it. People come into my office. People have spoke to me. You've spoken to people. It may be you. Man, this guy is this, and this guy is horrible, and they treat me so bad, and and I can't do this, and I can't do this. And Paul basically came to this church, and there were obviously a problem taking place within the church, or he would not have addressed it. Paul says, listen, they are your authority. You treat them with honor. Whoa, 2016, time out. You mean to tell me that that boss that just cussed me out before I left the office on Friday, I'm supposed to treat that idiot with any form of honor? Yeah. Yep. You mean to tell me when the officer came to my window and said, you were going 20 mile an hour over and he treated you like garbage, you're supposed to look at him with honor and respect? Yeah. You mean to tell me when my child comes home and she's crying or he's crying and he says, Mom, my teacher did this and my teacher did that and my teacher is dumb. You need to look straight in your son or daughter's eyes and you say you never tell that or you never speak of that way towards one of your authorities. Yeah. Is it countercultural for 2016? Absolutely. Because guess what? Your child has rights. 
My child has enough rights to say this. Dad, when my child comes in and says, Dad, a teacher is dumb or an idiot or whatever, and when my child gets in trouble for disrespecting an authority, here's my right or here's their right. Bend over. Here we go. You know what? Sometimes authority is wrong. You know what? You may have a great out and you may, everybody around you may go and may say, wow, that guy is such a jerk. That guy is such a fool. That guy is this. And he treats all of us like junk and none of us like our job. We all hate going to work every single day. Everybody that works around this guy, you as a believer have one responsibility. You as a believer, God's word says is that we would honor the man or that woman as an authority figure in your life as a boss. And many of you are like, I don't like you right now. But here's the most important part of this whole thing. See, if we look at this passage of Scripture and we think, which we do because our lives are what they are and we are humans and we are all of these things i am a creature of habit i am an emotional person you are those same we we are all of these things and guess what we've heard most all of our life you are okay you can do what you want and if somebody disrespects you you deal with it okay great go deal with it then You know, the difference between you and one of those slaves is you can walk into your office and say, thank you. Goodbye. You could walk in there, cuss them out and leave. The slaves couldn't do that. It was their life. Literally their life. We have that option. I'm not owned by my boss. I guess I kind of am. Maybe that's a bad... You're not owned by your boss. You can walk in and say, you know what, I don't, I don't need this job. Here's my two weeks notice. You can walk in and say, you know what, I'm not even giving you two weeks notice. I'm stopping. I'm quitting today. Because why? You treat me bad. God's word says, let as many servants... As are under the yoke, count their own masters worthy of all honor. And we can scream and I can scream and yell and say those things as much as I want. But it says this. Why? Why? That the name of God and his doctrine, the gospel of Jesus Christ, would not be blasphemed. I don't know about you, but that's a big old fat punch in the gut right there. That's a huge punch in the gut. Because if I read that and I take it for what it's worth and I look at God's word and I say, well, if this is what it is and I'm taking it for for truth and for literally and I look at this and it says that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. That means that if I treat my, my boss or if you treat your boss or you treat the authorities and you do any of those things, not in honor, not in preferential treatment, not in love, not in care, not upholding them as Christ would uphold them, then you are blaspheming the name of God. That's a punch in the gut. Because guess what? Unless you are some awesome, perfect, wonderful being, every one of us in this room has done just that. Every one of us. 
Hey, when I was in high school, I guarantee you there was a time in a lot of them that I treated my teachers wrong as a Christian. Hey, I did it in high school to a police officer. Ever been put up in front of a car with your hands up? I was. I still don't even know what I did on that one, but I was. Got pulled over. Said the wrong thing. He said, get out and put your hands up there. I got a ticket for not having my seatbelt on. But it was how I treated him and how I responded to him. Do you know what? Most everybody in this room has done that. God's word says that we are to count them, their own masters, worthy of honor that the name of God and the doctrines be not blasphemed. Let me just say this and we'll move to the next point. When you honor your boss, when you honor authority, regardless of how they treat you, you are honoring the name of God. Do you want to be a testimony? Do you want to make a difference in our culture? Part of, our, part of the, the vision statement, I, I put it in here, part of the vision statement is that, that, that uh, maybe I, I can't find it, but part of our vision statement is that we would grow in, the na- or grow in, in Christ, that we would encourage one another daily, that we would do all those things. Why? So that when we leave the walls of Oasis Baptist Church and we go into the community, we can impact and make a difference for what? For the cause of Christ. So you mean when I go to my workplace and he cusses me out, I'm still supposed to work hard, I'm still supposed to do my job, and I'm still supposed to honor that man. Yes, why? Because the name of Jesus Christ is all over you, or should be all over you, and you are representing him, not you. At some point, you and I as a believer have to get to a place where we understand I don't represent just Aaron Flanagan. I represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords Almighty. I have to get to a place where it's no longer about me. You see why I get so angry when the boss treats me like garbage? I get angry because it's about me. Well, he did that to me and he should never do that. He may never should do that. That was bad English. But you have a duty as a believer of Christ that you would honor that person. That we would honor the authority above us. Because it's the name of Christ that matters, not your name. And when you walk into the office... And you lay back into that, that boss. When you walk into whomever or deal with whoever that is an authority over you. And you just lay into them and you let them have it. Ah, oh, look at that. I walk out. I sure told them. Yep. You sure did. What did you tell them? What did you tell them? Nothing. Because God's word says that we should honor them that his name would move forward. Point two, a conscientious understanding. This is a pretty short point this morning, and you guys are, maybe you're unsure of yourself because it's only 1130, and I'm saying I've got two points, and this is a short one. 
But this says that in they that have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren. So we've got verse number one that's dealing with an unsaved authority figure, an unsaved boss, an unsaved person. And in verse number two, it says, and they that have believing masters, believing masters, let them not despise them. You think, well, how would I despise a believing master? If you have a Christian boss, you're like, yeah, this is awesome. The guy or the gal that's over me, she's a believer and we have things in common and we do all these things. But it says, do not despise them because they are brethren, but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. Let me express shortly what this is, and then I'm going to tie it all together with a few things that we ought to be every day in our lives. Here's what this is. In that day and age, the church, or the, in the churches in that day and age, as a slave, you had the civil right to go and worship how you wanted to worship. And so in this day, if you had a, a slave that knew Christ as Savior, and you had a master that knew Christ as Savior, they may go to the same church, and they may fellowship together, and they may worship together. But on Monday, on Monday, they weren't chum chum, buddy buddy, how you doing, high five, great, all things are good. The master was the master, and the slave was a slave. You say, well, that's not nice. They, can't, they can still be friends. They can still be friends. But here's often what happens, and you know it just like as I do. There's some of you in this room that have hired people from church before. That can be a good and a bad thing. Because if I hire you or somebody hires you from within these walls, that person is looking to help somebody and they want to hire somebody to encourage them, to help them out, to provide a financial means, to do all these things. Here's the problem with that. Oftentimes the person that gets hired walks into the office on Monday and they come in, hey, how are you doing? Oh, it's so great. And they want to have a chit chat and they want to do all these things and they want to talk church and they want to do this and they want to do that. And in the back of their mind, they're thinking, man, this guy can't fire me because now what? We're really good friends from church. And if he fires me, We take advantage of a situation. I know this happens because I've had people from within the congregation over the last eight years as I've gone to Oasis have come to me and said, man, I don't really know. This is a tough situation. How do I deal with that person? Because I hired them and we're friends from church. And now I have to tell them they're not doing their job. Hey, it happened all the time as a slave to servant or to slave to master. Hey, it happens in our day and age too. You know what we do sometimes? As believers, we walk in knowing that we have a Christian boss and we go, "Ah, my environment is so much better. I have a good boss. He's a friend of mine. She's a good friend of mine. And our guard is just kind of let down a little bit. Maybe we feel like we don't have to prove ourselves as much. But God's word says the opposite. God's word says that let them not despise them Because they are brethren. Let them not disrespect that position. When you go to work on Sunday, if you work for somebody inside of this building, that is your boss. I hope that you're able to be friends, and I hope that you do that. But you respect them as your boss. You don't make that a despising relationship. He says instead, rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved. Here's for each and every one of us, whether you're working under a believer or you're not, you ought to be the best, most loyal, most faithful employer or employee 
that is in your, posi- your job. That doesn't mean you have to be the best because you're the most talented. But that means that you are there on time. That means that you work diligently and you work hard. That means that you are, you are there to do the task and do everything that needs to be done to the best of your ability. And if there is one person within that group of people that you work with that your boss would look down and say, man, that person, I, I cannot go without that person because I know they give everything and they are faithful and they are loyal and they were a great. Why? Here's why. Because he's a believer. He may not say that, but to you... When you go there, because you're a believer, when you go to work, there should be nobody outworking you. There shouldn't be. Why? Because you don't represent you. You represent Him. And if I'm not representing me and I'm representing him, then I understand that it's not just about the Flanagan name. I remember, and I've said this before, when my dad, when I worked with my dad at the shop when I was 16 years old, 17 years old, whatever it was, and he said, son, that is my name, and I've worked here for 20-something years. You better not walk in here and destroy my name. There's a reputation that goes with that. So if you're going to come and work here, you're going to work. And you're going to work hard, and you're going to be on time, and you're going to do all these things. You know, at that time, the most important thing to me was that I made sure my dad wasn't, I didn't want to ruin that. The older that I got, I never want to ruin the Flanagan name and disrespect my father or my grandfather or my great-grandfather, but I definitely don't want to do it to the King of Kings. Because more than anything, I don't just represent Aaron or the Flanagan name. I represent him. Thank you for worshiping with us here at Oasis Online. If this message was an encouragement to you, would you send me an email and let me know at pastor at obclv.org. Before you go, go check us out at oasisbaptistchurch.org. And if we can be of any help to you or an encouragement to you, please let us know. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.